Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Menares. I believe that we all need a space to speak our authentic truth, as well as a space to hear the truths of real and vulnerable people so that we can better understand that we are not alone. Hearing the experiences of others encourages us to step into the light in our own lives. It is through owning our stories and learning to speak our truth that we are able to grow and rise above the challenges we face and step into the full power of all we were created to be. You will hear many topics discussed in this space with people from all over the world. We hope that you feel welcomed into a community of growth and that this space will invite you to uncover the absolute greatness that is already inside of you. Oh, and don't forget, check out all the We Podcast episodes as well as the We Spot blog over at thewespot.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey girl, it's me, and you're listening to episode number 57, Be Empowered. In this episode, I get to chat with Betsy Valdez. Betsy is originally from Pachuca, Hidalgo, Mexico, and she came to the United States with her family 22 years ago, chasing the well-known American dream. Greeley, Colorado is where her and her family have resided over the past 22 years, and it's a place she calls home. She's been married for 11 years to her supportive husband, Javi, and together they have three beautiful little girls and an American bully named Bella. She is also the founder of Be Empowered, a space created to encourage others to be the change, to be empowered to be the world changers, the difference makers, and the heart changers. Through Betsy's own journey, she continues to be brave by sharing her story, her truths, and her mess. Instead of allowing setbacks in her life to hold her back, she is determined to use her mess as her message of hope, strength, and belonging. Her calling in life is to encourage and empower others in their own journey, regardless of color, race, religion, or legal status. She believes we must all have a vision, not division. Betsy plans to continue her journey as an empowerment and motivational speaker, as well as an active community volunteer, leader, and advocate for immigrant and refugee rights. She is extremely excited for this opportunity and really hopes to connect with all of you. I've gotten to know Betsy over the past year or so, and I can tell you that she is amazing. She has such a beautiful heart for others and is working hard to bring hope, encouragement, and motivation to others. She's sharing her own story of immigration to shed light on this important topic and to open up this conversation that we so desperately need to have. I'm excited for you to hear all that she has to say. So here we go. Here is my interview with Betsy. Welcome to this episode of the WE Podcast. I'm very excited to have the amazing Betsy Valdez here with me today. We are going to have an awesome conversation. Betsy is absolutely amazing and she has taught me a ton of things and I can't wait for her to share her story with you. 
and for you to learn from her as well. So thank you so much, Betsy, for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Usually I like to start out a little bit with just how we got connected. And I think we've gotten connected on Facebook primarily. I think so. I think that I started following you with your Sunday Night Lives. Oh, yeah. And then I found out that you were local and doing your meetups here pretty close by. Mm -hmm. And so I... I think I decided to go. I think it was in December when I went to your fir- to the first meetup. Yes. So that was pretty good. Yeah, awesome. I love it. And those have definitely evolved, but also I think our relationship has evolved too and you're now coming on as a writer for the We Spot as well, which mm. uh, official announcement is that okay if I say yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very exciting as well. Yes, yeah. Well, we are thrilled to have you. And so I would just love to start by diving into your story. I know you have an amazing story and I know that you have been really working on sharing your story openly and publicly because it does, it needs to be shared and there are people who need to hear it and and gain support and so many things from it. So I'll let you kind of take over and just let us know a little bit about just how it all started like from from childhood I know that's a really big question tell us your life story (laughs) yeah definitely we'll be more than happy to and I think that that's a that's a great point that you mentioned that it's something that I'm still working on being able to share my story it's I mean how do you put I'm, I'm 30 so how do you put 30 years into you know just a little bit of perhaps an hour or just me being able to uh, share with others in a way that doesn't overwhelm somebody or bore somebody with my whole story. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm originally from Mexico. I'm from Pachuca, Hidalgo, Mexico. So kind of give you an idea of where that's at. Where I'm about an hour away from Mexico City, so central Mexico. Mm. I was born and raised until the age of nine. And we were, I guess I can say, remember a happy childhood, but I know my parents at that time made the decision to, to come to this country, to, I guess, searching that American dream. And as we all know, the, the very well-known American dream. Um, but one of the main reasons and one of the things that I really like to talk about and I really like to share, and obviously with my sister's permission, is the reason why we came, we decided to come to this country was to give my sister an opportunity to have a normal life. And so my sister was born with bilateral necrotia, uh, which means that she was born with no ears. And so at the time of birth, my parents were told that there was a possibility that my sister would not hear, obviously, would not walk, would not talk, just would not nor- would not lead a normal life. Hmm. And so I think as parents and being a parent myself now, you're never given a handbook or a, you know, here's how to parent and how to do this whole parenting thing. It's you kind of figure it out as you go. And I think that it's to me, I feel like it has been one of the most challenging jobs being a Mm -hmm. parent. Mm -hmm. And I could not imagine doing so with a child with a disability. Mm -hmm. 
And so they were obviously very devastated by by the news that my sister would not have this normal life. Mm-hmm. And so, but they were very determined. They gave her whatever was needed, therapy classes. And I am proud to say that my sister walks, talks, and hears and does all these amazing things. And thanks to my parents' dedication. Um, but unfortunately, due to the our financial situation back in Mexico, we could not move forward or we can, couldn't keep going with that back in our country. And so that's when that decision was made to come here to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so we came and I don't, I guess this is the part where it has taken me a very long time to, to be able to share with others uh, because it's something that I was ashamed of the, I, I guess, most of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came to this country illegally and we... Because again, the due to the financial situation that we that my parents were in, we could not afford to come here the right way. Mm. And so, you know, we came here. We we tried a, a few times, and even though I, I was nine at the time, I could clearly remember as if it was yesterday crossing the border and the different experiences and but the thing that I remember the most is just being terrified of losing my mother losing my my younger sister and I remember when we had left our hometown we didn't say goodbye to our family we didn't say goodbye to uh, friends we didn't say goodbye to anyone no one knew what was what was happening mm-hmm. we just started this journey and at nine years old somehow some way I understood that it was for something better mm-hmm. and all we had all we were told is that we should travel with a with a backpack and possibly Barbies or whatever was important to me at that time uh, but when we were at the border, I remember them, the, the the people that assisted us in crossing over, they told us that that was not acceptable. We could not take this or bring this along. But what I like to share is that perhaps for a nine-year-old, yes, it was heartbreaking leaving your Barbies behind and your belongings, all you had. Mm-hmm. But what was the scariest thing for me is that losing my mother. And so I think that to me in that moment was sure I left behind these things Mm -hmm. but as long as I don't lose this woman that's running in front of me that's the most important thing for me at that at that very moment Mm -hmm. and so that's what sticks to me I mean I'm sure there's more more happened throughout that journey I mean it took probably a two to three weeks to for us to be to finally come here but that's that's what's that stands out the most Mm -hmm. is just the fact that I know I needed to hold on and I know that we were coming for a better tomorrow, a better future. Mm-hmm. And I think something like this and even other other experiences, maybe going through what my sister had gone through, had made me mature at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I'll fast forward a bit. and Can, uh, can I stop you? Yes, then? yes. So you said <clears throat> it took two to three weeks so what were, I mean, what were you doing for the two to three weeks? I know that we tried three times, a total of three times to finally come. And it was 
I mean, we, so we are from central Mexico, and so it took maybe, I don't know, three to four days to finally come to the to the border. Mm-hmm. And then when we finally got there, tried once, failed at that, uh, then stayed with the family maybe for a few days, then tried again, failed, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. stayed there with maybe a family and friends and then tried again. And that very, that last time, that third and last time, I remember my mom said, this is it. If we don't make it, if we're not successful this time, then we're not doing it again. Mm-hmm. And and so thank goodness that that was the, that that one time or that third time was, third time's a charm. Mm-hmm. And so we finally made it over. And I guess one of the things that I did leave out is that uh, my dad is the one that came on this journey before us. And so he came eight months before us. And the plan was that he was going to come over and work and send money and that that would that would be enough. And unfortunately, it just wasn't the case. And so then we followed eight months later. Mm. And so I think for us, that was the motivation that we were going to see dad again, that we were my mom was going to see her husband again. And so it wasn't just, you know, we are after this thing out there, but it's we are we're going to we are going to meet up we're going to reconnect with with our dad yeah, i mean so this was, was you and your your sister and your mom the three yeah, of you the three of us wow. so it yeah. was i i could not imagine i mean maybe as a child i couldn't really think of everything that could have gone wrong and all i knew is that i was with my mom and she was trying to do her best to give us the best Mm -hmm. and so there was never any questioning or any doubting that that wasn't the case and so we followed and you know when we finally made it and when we finally saw my dad after eight months it was uh very emotional Mm. I mean you were talking 22 years ago and so 22 years ago there were no cell phones or you know it was Mm -hmm. if if we got a phone call um, I know when we were in Mexico, my, there was a time where my mom thought my dad had not made it crossing over. Mm. And I remember as a maybe eight at the time, as an eight-year-old, seeing my mom in bed crying. And I don't know how or why, but I remember telling my mom, Mom, he's okay. Maybe just the innocence of a child and not really understanding the the reality of you know the situation Mm -hmm. but I just told my mom it's it's gonna be okay he's okay Mm -hmm. and thank god that that was the case and that we were able to to reunite and Mm -hmm. start our life here yeah so we've been here we've been here ever since we've been here in 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 Greeley for 22 years Mm -hmm. and again you know it's not something that I I was open about I didn't I never shared shared my situation uh, because quite honestly I was embarrassed about it I was embarrassed mm-hmm. of what others would say mm-hmm. how others would look at me how others would judge me mm-hmm. and I think that and I say we because I, I'm sure that I'm guilty in certain situations we are all quick to condemn somebody else when we don't understand the the whole situation the full story and when you're only guided or when you're only hear what social media tells you or what the news tell you, you only get part of the story. Mm-hmm. But when you are able to fully understand a story, then, you know, I, I think 
most people wouldn't be so ready to condemn somebody for their actions. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. When I think it takes brave people like you speaking up and saying, this is my story, this is what I went through, because I, I think as as humans we we de- we dehumanize people do you know what i mean by yeah. by keeping a distance and and not not knowing more when we have an opportunity to know more but people do listen to the news and whatever but you can't do that that i think Brene brown says you can't hate somebody close up and i i mean you can't hate from up close yeah you can't and and like I mentioned, you know, I'm sure that I've been guilty from time to time on, on subjects that I know nothing about. I pretend to know because mm-hmm. I follow somebody or somebody says something on social media or, or watching the news. Mm-hmm. But what I when you learn to embrace your story, there's nothing that I can do that will change my story. Mm-hmm. Even if tomorrow I gain citizenship, even if tomorrow I'm this huge success whatever success is right but it will never change the fact that this is my story and this is part of me mm-hmm. and being able to open up and share that I think that it gives it gives faces to issues it gives faces to to issues that we that we see so often especially in this moment and and like you mentioned we can't hate from up close mm-hmm. when we open up and we share that when we share our stories, they our stories bring us together. Our stories are what bind us together. Mm-hmm. And when you are able to listen with an open mind, with an open heart, mm-hmm. I think that we can all learn something from each other. Mm-hmm. Because this isn't about what, who's right and who's wrong and who's left and who's on the right side. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not here to say, hey, what my parents did or what we, what, what's done is the right thing to do. I'm not saying that that's anything that should be applauded. No, but I'm sharing that. Listen, there's there's a there's a story attached mm-hmm. to this. Mm-hmm. There is uh, these are human beings that were looking for something better because they had no other option, mm-hmm. right? When you're faced with the fact that maybe your kids have no food on the table mm-hmm. and losing a roof over their shoulder, right. I think as a parent, I could I could sit here and tell you, that I would probably do the very same thing. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever I needed to do to provide for my kids, I would do that, that very same thing. And Mm -hmm. so not until you, I think all of us, until we are able to walk in somebody else's shoes, I don't think that we have the right to judge and condemn somebody for their actions. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I love Brene Brown for that. I think that she's, uh, I just recently watched her new Netflix episode Mm -hmm. and I mean I know we hear often there are times that you uh, a speaker or an author like they're speaking directly to you Mm -hmm. and there were certain things that she said and I'm like oh man she's she's talking to me you know like owning your story and embracing that and opening up about and having those tough conversations Mm -hmm. we can't just pretend like it doesn't exist we can't pretend that pretend that these things don't happen right that behind these labels there's no human beings mm-hmm. right yeah and i think that that's what we that's what we see often in social media mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's so far removed i i just think that 
You are so inspirational for so many people. And bringing this education to people is huge. I mean, opening up this conversation, you are the face of immigration. I mean, that I don't know. There was something else I wanted to ask you too. Sorry. <laughs> but and and we need a face. We need we need to see people. Exactly. And not political issues right. or whatever. Right. I mean, the reality is I wouldn't I would do the very same thing if that meant my children's future. I think pretty much any of us would. Yeah, definitely. And so to feel like you have the right to judge or I don't know. It it's oh it's very upsetting to me. And and perhaps I wouldn't understand that if I didn't go if I if I hadn't gone through that. And um, as I as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, it's something that I was I was ashamed of, and I'm ashamed to say that I was ashamed of this, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is part of me, mm-hmm. this is part of who I am, and no matter what happens tomorrow, this is this is something that's that's with me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And so, what really changed that for me was in a couple years ago, a few years ago. I'm sorry for all of us that were brought here to the U.S. as as children, mm-hmm. we were granted by President Obama the DACA, which is a Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. And so anyone between the ages, and, and don't quote me on this because I may be wrong on certain things, but I believe anyone between the ages of 16 and, and 30 could apply for this protection. And so we were allowed, we were given this permission, given this permit to be able to work and go to school. And honestly, to, I think, really and finally live out this American dream mm-hmm. that we also, you know, we, we were always dreaming about. And so I was finally able to go to school or return to school because I had gone to school and had to pay out-of-state tuition. So I quit because that was ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. But then I, I reapplied and went back to school and had a job and finally had a driver's license at the age of, I think I was 24, 25, mm-hmm. you know. And so, so many little things that others take for granted, you know. I mean, those were things that we were finally given an opportunity to have mm-hmm. and not given. I mean, these are this is something that we need to renew every every couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, then in 2017, unfortunately, that program or that DACA was ended by by President Trump, and and so at that time, I found myself devastated. You know, I found myself asking why, mm-hmm. and. Right. We're always told to don't don't question what happens in your life, you know, but I I, being completely honest, I found myself asking why devastated. Why would this happen? Finally had the chance to do something with my life and now it's getting taken away. And I was completely, I I guess I don't know, devastated is the word Mm -hmm. to to have something like this happen. And something in me just woke up something in me just was screaming loud loud in my in my heart in my mind and I remember going to a a networking event because I was actually working on starting my translating and interpreting business and I was networking a lot and I remember one day going to this networking group and this was 
few days after this announcement that DACA had ended. And something in me, and I don't, I'm not trying to push my beliefs on anybody else, but I believe in God. I believe in the universe. I mm-hmm. believe that they conspire to make anything in our lives possible. I don't know what spoke to me that day, but there was this little voice that spoke to me and said, you need to speak up and you need to share your story. And I'm like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I've never done this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this, especially in a room where I am the only Hispanic woman. That's pretty intimidating. Mm -hmm. That alone is pretty intimidating. And I said, no, absolutely not. But this voice would not go away. And I said, okay, well, if you want me to speak up, then I need a sign. Send me a sign and I will I will speak up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was there at the, at the event and I, I remember going back and forth, back and forth with this voice. Like, no, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Like, nothing's happening. I'm, I don't see it. I don't see a, a sign. And at the end of the event, there are door prices. And I can tell you that I've never won anything at any of these <laughs> events. But as you can imagine, this day, my name got called. Mm. And that little voice came back up and it said, this is your sign. You need to speak up. I was shaking. I was terrified. I thought, oh, my gosh, I am going to they're going to attack me. I don't know. Maybe the words crossed my mind. And I asked, asked permission, the lady, the host, if I could if I could say something just for a few minutes. Mm. And I opened up. And that was the first time that I had ever talked about my situation. That was the first time, especially to a group of women that I had no idea who I had no idea whether or not they were going to support me or not. Mm. And but I had to do it. And that sparked something even greater in me that 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 was my purpose. That is my purpose. Mm -hmm. My purpose is to spread that message and to give that message and give a voice to the voiceless and give a face to these issues Mm -hmm. because we need it. And the love and the support that I've received ever since has been overwhelming. I cannot tell you, I don't think I would have ever, ever connected with as many women if it wasn't for that very moment. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for me having that courage to stand up mm-hmm. and say something, mm-hmm. those connections would have never happened. And every day, I can probably tell you that I try to talk myself out of continuing on this mm-hmm. journey. <laughs> but then there's that mm-hmm. greater voice that says, you cannot. Yeah, mm-hmm. You must keep going. Mm-hmm. And you must be that face of hope and strength and belonging because we also seek that. We also need that. Yeah. But I think the bigger picture here is that it's not just about me. It's not just my story, but we all have a story. Mm -hmm. We all have to embrace the story that we have. Open up and share with others because we don't know who who we're going to inspire next. Mm -hmm. And who we're going to, like me, wake that little voice, that little something in you. You're just waiting for someone else to do it. and, and, And that'll light something in you it'll Mm -hmm. wake something up in you and so it has led me to to this journey yeah it's that that first step of courage and how vital that is because 
if you wouldn't have stepped out I think that's like what what we talk about a lot and I feel like it's a little bit cliche almost now because people are talking about it constantly feel the fear and do it anyways um but it's so true like if we don't do it then we don't know we don't get to experience what comes after that so how how different do you think things would be if you wouldn't have spoken up that day I I don't know I mean I think that there was a part of me that just wanted to give up and I saw so many others that were in the very very similar situation that just said whatever Mm. it is what it is Mm. that's it there's no more Mm. and part of me wanted to join that Mm -hmm. part of me wanted to be that victim of and not that I could do anything really in that to change the whole thing, right? I can't, right now, I still don't know what the future holds for many. It's about 800,000 DACA recipients. I don't know what the future holds. Mm. Tomorrow, it could be an absolute no. It's not gonna, you can't renew. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. But are we gonna wait around and wait for something to happen? Or will we be the ones that make something like this happen? When we start making, we need to be the domino and start this, this movement of inspiring others to do the same thing. And you don't never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You just never know. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I mean, you find yourself in a situation like that where, you know, you give up. Do you give up? Do you let this beat you up? And, and you know, are you defeated? Or will you allow something like this to strengthen you mm-hmm. and to build you? Mm-hmm. And you allow it to help you rise and become someone better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look back and just think about even a couple years ago, five years ago, my, my mindset was different. My everything was different. And so I have to say that going through that low points, that perhaps rock bottom, mm-hmm. it has taught me so much. Mm-hmm. It has taught me... Uh, things that I, I never, I, I had never imagined. I mean, I always told myself, I'm such an introvert. I am such a, I, I don't like to be the center of attention. And so everything that I'm doing right now goes against everything mm-hmm. that I always told myself. Mm-hmm. That story that I always told myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is that you have to, like you mentioned, you have to, you're, you're doing it afraid, but you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And you have to step out of your comfort zone in order to see things happen and change. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, to me, it has just inspired me to, to create this movement of, and I like to call it be empowered. Mm-hmm. And being empowered to be the change. Mm-hmm. And don't we all, and can't we all be the change in whatever, whatever lights our souls on fire? I know that we all have that one thing, that one dream, that one goal. And we need to be empowered to go after those things. We need to be empowered to dream big and know that we can be the change. Mm -hmm. That is powerful. So powerful. Yes. So, I mean, you told... So, okay, I'm going to be honest here, and I feel embarrassed about this. (laughs) (laughs) I, for a long time, I've, like, stayed completely away from politics, and partly because 
my family was so one way and I was not and so I didn't really fit in so my my answer to that was I just don't want anything to do with it at all so really pure avoidance Mm -hmm. which we know is not good and Brene Brown tells us that too (laughs) I think that was just my coping in life in general was if it's uncomfortable I'll just avoid it so politics have definitely been that for me I'm definitely turning over a new leaf in that area and I want to know more I want to be more educated I want to understand and I understand put burying my head in the sand is not the answer and so as you you well we met a few weeks ago and you told me about DACA and I didn't know all the things that you told me about it I thought I knew in general but I had no idea really so can you educate us the listeners the people who don't really understand or know like what is currently happening with that what needs to happen you I know you said you don't know what the future holds but is it in the hands of our president like can you give us some more info about that? Yeah, and and I can and I'll be completely honest with you as well. I think it's something that and I think a good majority of people like to avoid it because it is uncomfortable politics. You don't want to be right or wrong or, you know, uh, be we we don't want to be in the middle of that mess. Mm. Right now I know that for DACA, it's it's kind of on on hold. I know the final decision has to be by the president, whether he allows it to, I think what, what's trying to happen right now or what, and I, I, and I could be wrong about this, but I believe the, the Democrats want to create a pathway to citizenship for many of these DACA recipients. I don't know what that might look like. I'm sure there's more information out there. I need to be more educated myself and... I need to know more about what's exactly happening. And I know right now that they were sending the bill to, I want to say to, to the House, to the Senate. I'm, I'm unsure, but I know that it has progressed. I know that it's making progress, uh, but I know that the person to make the final decision will be the president. Mm. And so am I going to say that it looks hopeful, that it looks... Quite honestly, I don't know. My, I'll keep my fingers crossed and hope that that there is a solution for this, that there is a way out. And I think that that's the, the most important thing is that we all want a solution. We all want to make sure that it's, it's done the right way. Mm-hmm. We want to be given that opportunity mm-hmm. for it to be done the right way. And so maybe perhaps that's why it's taking so long. 2017 was when Trump, uh, President Trump, excuse me, announced that this was that he was going to end or put DACA on on hold. So it's been, you know, almost two years mm-hmm. since this happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we are just us recipients or they call us dreamers. We are just waiting. What's mm-hmm. going to happen? We don't know. We don't know. And and so really, that's 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 as far as I know. That's as much as I know. As I know more, I'll be more than happy to share mm-hmm. as this progresses. But in the meantime, I know that it's just really, it's just on hold and hoping that it makes, 
hoping to hear good news, hoping to hear positive news mm-hmm. about our future, what mm-hmm. the future holds for many of us. Yeah. So, you know, you're telling your story about coming here and crossing the border and it just uh, obviously there's been a lot going on in the last year two years with families being separated at the border and it breaks my heart (laughs) it's just it's heartbreaking for families it's absolutely heartbreaking and then I think hearing you talk about as a nine-year-old your your feeling of I just need to stay a hold of my mom I just can't lose her how many other kids I'm sure are thinking those very same things and then being separated exactly Uh, I mean when I saw those videos and pictures and everything of the kids being separated I mean that broke my heart and it made me go back to those moments I mean, that the night that to me stands out the most is one of the nights that we were crossing over. My sister, my little sister, ended up losing her shoe as we were crossing, crossing a part of the desert. And she injured her foot. And so she needed to be carried by somebody else in order for us to keep going because we were running at this time. Mm. And a gentleman helped out my mom. And so my mom was running behind this guy, making sure that he wouldn't take her daughter And I was running behind my mom, trying to keep up with my mom. And of course, she kept looking back, you know. But I remember in that moment, just looking at my mom. And I remember just thinking, like, I have to keep up. I have to keep up. Because if I don't keep up my mom, I'm going to lose my mom. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be separated from my mom. And I remember just being terrified, terrified. And I think it, and so I, I, I never realized how much I had suffered from that or how much maybe that had, in a way, traumatized me. Mm-hmm. Because then I think of other situations where I had been away from my mom as I, was get, I was, as I was getting older. I needed to be with my mom. I feared being away from my mom. Mm-hmm. And I can tie it back to that moment, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But anyway, b- back to the, the, this, the kids being separated. I mean, that broke my heart because I felt like I could feel yeah. their pain. It was reliving those moments and, you know, probably something that we shouldn't do, but looking through the comments and so much negativity and, again, seeing these kids as objects and not as human beings. Mm -hmm. Seeing this issue as, gosh, it's such a, you know, what a problem, rather than, can we fix this? What is the solution? How can we make this better? Mm-hmm. These are human beings. These are children. Yeah. These are children that perhaps cannot defend themselves yet. Mm. Their being, their voice is, maybe they feel like they don't have a voice, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's when I believe that it's, to me, I feel like that's my job to give those a voice, mm-hmm. those individuals, those kids, those families, those people that are afraid and are hiding behind the these the you know hiding because of fear and I believe that it is my job to change this narrative change this just give hope Mm -hmm. because because we need it and we need to all continue to educate ourselves and learn to see things a little differently because it's about 
us understanding that it's not just an issue. It's we're talking about human beings here and mm-hmm. and lives. Yeah. And and we all matter. Right. It's everybody's issue. It's it's not it's a people issue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry I made you no. like, cry. <laughs> I'm still trying to gather myself. <laughs> no, it's, I, I mean, it just touches my heart so deeply. I, and maybe this is partly why I've avoided it too, is it hurts me. It hurts my heart so much that I think when, sometimes too, when we feel such deep hurt for other people, but then we feel powerless to do anything about it, because that's kind of like, well, what can I do about it? I'm only one person. You know what I mean? So then then you go to, well, I can't do anything, so I'll just act like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Which is obviously not the way to go. And, and we can do something. Yeah. I think one person can do a lot of things. And yeah. us coming together and linking arms with each other, we can exactly. do so much <clears throat> more. I absolutely agree with you, and and again, I think that uh, as much as I I would I need to educate myself more on the politics. At the end of the day, I don't think that it should be just about politics. You know, I think that it's you just said it. You know, it's about you know uh, linking arms and gathering with others, and it doesn't matter where you stand on this issue. We need to have these conversations and. If we can't have these conversations, if we just get angry, mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. so upset over this that's happening, we can't ignore it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, when I share my story, it's, this is me. This is who I am. This is part of me. Mm-hmm. To me, I feel like if I if I didn't share my story and I wasn't embracing my story, it's, almost denying my parents effort and and perhaps not everybody sees it, sees it as effort you know I think that again they're so quick to judge that oh my god it's so wrong and it's sure it was it was illegal and it was there should be a solution for that and and let's work together mm. to find a way to to make this attainable for a lot more people mm-hmm. that do seek that American dream because perhaps in their country they're not able to do that mm-hmm. they don't have those same opportunities and and here like I mentioned we they call us dreamers but aren't we all dreamers mm-hmm. don't we all dream for something bigger and better in life mm-hmm. and so if we're just given that opportunity to do so go after that I mean, I think that that's all we're asking for, mm-hmm. all of us. Yeah. We're, we just want that opportunity, and we want someone to inspire us and empower us to believe that, that's, that it is possible. Yeah. And so I think that that's how we can change that and how, that, how we can be that change. Mm-hmm. Start. It's you, but next, next thing you know, it might be 10 of you. Mm-hmm. Then... 100 I don't who knows mm-hmm. I mean just with you and your the community and the we spot and the we community I mean it started with I'm sure just a few and it has grown into something amazing mm-hmm. I think that the more you are able to inspire and empower others that's exactly what you're going to track back into your life and you're gonna it's gonna grow mm-hmm. it's gonna turn into something amazing yeah 
And so it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And the we community has amazing women like you. I mean, there are amazing women in this community. And I think it takes us. Yeah. All coming together. And one thing that you wrote, which just really speaks to my heart. And I mean, it is the we community's um, mission and heart as well is empowering others on their own journey regardless of race color religion or legal status i think that gosh the more that we can do that the more that more of us can come together and do that how different the world will be yeah and you know there are times that i may still ask that question of why why was i why was i given this well, I was given this to to have a better understanding because I feel like when I see other issues, perhaps it's nothing to do with immigration or legal status, anything like that. It's something completely different. I find myself of still wanting to understand mm-hmm. what's happening. Mm-hmm. How can I help? How can I serve? Mm-hmm. And so I think that I was given this because I'm supposed to do something with this. Mm. Uh, There's something that I follow uh, Lisa Nichols. And there's something that she says that that, um, she says, you're the perfect person for this assignment. Sometimes it's just the universe is waiting for us to say yes. Mm. And so for me, it's embracing that, accepting that, and willing to take action to make a difference mm. mm-hmm. in empowering others, yeah. empowering others in their own journey, regardless, like you mentioned, of color, religion, legal status, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we can be that change. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You say that we must all have vision and not division, which is powerful and so beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Gosh, <laughs> like I feel like I need to take a deep breath <laughs> or cry a little. I know, That's me. <laughs> okay, tell tell our listeners a little bit more about what you are doing now, and I know you have created the the business Be Empowered. And you also have another business with interpreting, right? Correct. And so I actually started the interpreting and translating a couple years ago. It hasn't been or worked as much as I would had or I had imagined. Uh, I did have another a full time job, and so the the it's called Accentus, and it's interpreting and translating in Spanish and English. And also was able to get my my certification in medical terminology. But as I mentioned, I, I hadn't done a whole lot with that. But that's the that's I think that that's where everything started. I wanted to help somehow, some way. And I'm like, I'm bilingual. Mm-hmm. How can I make this work? And yeah. and it started with that. The be empowered. I guess I wouldn't. Uh, maybe I'm not there yet uh, to call it a business. But it is, it is this uh, space that I have created where I want to continue to share my story. I envision myself as, a, as this empowerment speaker in being able to, to, to share this message with, with the youth, 
with uh, men and women from all walks of life, because I think that it's necessary that we all hear this message. And it's something that I recently started. Honestly, I think it came, I was working with a coach at the time, and I wanted to call this thing something. And she said, hey, just journal about it. Journal and something will come. Oh my gosh, okay, fine. You know, and you meditate. She had asked me to meditate, and I had a really hard time meditating. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. I find it very hard mm-hmm. to clear your mind. Yeah. And so she asked me to clear my mind, and just whatever words came to my mind, and I'm like, okay. And the word that kept, kept coming back to my mind is empowered, 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 to empower, empower. So I was like, okay, it must be empowered, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, my coach at the time said, well, how about you just add that B for for your name, for Betsy, but also standing standing for to be, Mm -hmm. to be empowered. And I find it so fitting because it goes with anything. Mm -hmm. Be empowered to be the change. Mm -hmm. Be empowered to make a difference. Be empowered to dream big. And I just absolutely fell in love with that. And I said, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there's a lot more to do, many more people to talk to and share this message. But I think it's something that is a journey that I'm on that I'm saying yes to. Mm-hmm. I'm saying yes to the universe. And, and it has presented, <laughs> it's presenting many great things one of which you know is is being a writer for for you which is a great honor and Mm -hmm. but along with other things community storytellings that I've had the opportunity to do with with schools or with a school here in town and we're working to continue with that and 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 bring others to share their own stories and inspire all of us Mm -hmm. so there's many more things to come and uh, I'm very hopeful and very excited about what the future holds for for be empowered so I can't wait yeah (laughs) it's gonna be big yes it is (laughs) yes (laughs) all right I'm gonna ask you my two questions that I Mm -hmm. ask all of my guests and the first one is what do you feel has been the most vital to your growth I think to me it has been the and I hope that this answers that question, but I believe that it has been those failures and those setbacks. Mm-hmm. Being in that, being in those moments have allowed me to take a step back and, and really, I guess, evaluate where I am in life. And really being around and having the right people and attracting the right people into my life that have changed the the mindset of, perhaps being defeated into and changing it to we, we are rising. Mm. And so to me, I think it has to be those, those failures and those setbacks. And I know that we all fear failure, mm. but I think that failure will, be only, will only be a failure if we don't learn to pull the lessons out of, out of those failures. Mm. There are lessons in, in, in every disappointment, in every disappointment, and every failure, and every setback. There's something to learn, and quite honestly, I feel like that that's where I've learned the most. That's where I've grown the most when I've been faced with with situations like that. Hmm. That's amazing. I think we need to meme that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Failure is only failure if you don't pull out the lessons. So good. 
and I and I'm and I don't want to take all credit for that, but I'm pretty sure that Lisa Nichols says something like that and that just stuck with me because mm -hmm. I, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You know, if we only get stuck in that moment and say, Gosh, I failed and I'm I failed. That's mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But okay, I failed, but what can I learn from this? Yeah. We need to ask ourselves, what can I learn from this? Right. What can I do with this? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so if we do ask those questions, I think that 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 changes everything. Yeah. So good. Okay, number two is what do you want to make sure that people know? That just to be tying it back to the be empowered, just to for everyone to understand that that we have what we need, that we need to be empowered to to take action, to go after those things that light our souls on fire, to that, yes, you may be one person, but you you alone can make can make a difference. Mm. You can be that domino for you know create change to to dream big, to you have it within you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, uh, we all have it within us. And I think that we often forget that, that yeah. I think we always seek for approval and permission from other people. But what we need in this life, we already hold within. We, we already possess everything that we, we're already equipped with everything that we need in this life. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we need to dig a little deeper or, you know, listen to listen to what our, our passion is and, and just be empowered to go after that mm -hmm. and make it happen. Yeah, I love that. I hope everyone listening does take that away with you because <laughs> it's so good. All right, Betsy, I know people are going to want to connect with you and I will put your links in the show notes, but... Let us know uh, where people can find you and where you like to hang out the most on social media or I know most people have a preference regarding Facebook and Instagram and all those things. Quite honestly, I'm still learning both, I think, <laughs> but I am on Facebook. You can find me under uh, Betsy Valdez right, and I have also created my Be Empowered page and it's at Be Empowered Dreamer. And, and I am that same name on both Facebook and Instagram. So you can follow me there and try to throw a few things, inspirational messages every now and then. I, I need to be more consistent with that. And I'm also doing weekly lives. Uh, every Wednesday, I try to come on live and, and give something, some sort of inspiration, some sort of, sort of motivation, like mm -hmm. a midweek motivation for all of us. So. Yeah. Awesome. And a lot of the times it's something that I need myself the most. Yeah. So <laughs> isn't that the best? It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we teach more uh, what we need to learn the most. Mm. So mm -hmm. it's whatever I bring that week, that's what I need yeah. to learn the most. So <laughs> So yeah, just follow me there. Awesome. Yes. Get connected with Betsy for sure. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for broadening our minds thanks for sharing your story and helping us to put a face with this issue that needs to be talked about and addressed and and humanized and and so thank you 
Thank you. Uh, I thank you for this opportunity, and I'm so honored to to be here and be a part of of your journey as well because it's it's been amazing. So thank you so much. All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories, and we are so very grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart, experiences, and light with all of us. If you want more of the WE podcast, make sure you head over to thewespot.com where you can find all of our episodes as well as the WeSpot blog. The We Spot is your go-to spot for growth, connection, authenticity, and encouragement. You can also find us on social media. Head over to the We Spot Facebook and Instagram pages and get plugged in. You can also find me, Sarah Moneras, on my personal Facebook and Instagram pages as well. If you love the We Podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. We want as many people as possible to be lifted up in growth and get connected with our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every single week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.